Good morning or good afternoon or whatever time it is where you're at while you're listening. Thanks for tuning in to our third episode of Undrafted. My name's Carl. I'm here with my producer, Jose. We always got the dogs in the background at Maya Neva if you want to follow them. A couple things I want to go over today. Uh, of course, I do want to preview all of the games we have, especially we got one Thursday night. It's going to be uh, Jets and Browns. Uh, I'm actually pulling for the Brownies. I want the Brownies to win this game. Uh, we were going to have a call with Mark, but he's uh, unavailable today, unfortunately. So maybe we'll catch him for episode four. For those of you who don't remember from episode one, Mark is our resident Browns fan. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to having him on the show next week. A uh, couple quick side notes before we dive into the content. Uh, my producer made it a point to let me know he thought Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network looks like Paul Ryan, uh, Speaker of House, for those who don't know. That's hilarious. I think he's right. He's, he looks like Paul Ryan with giant ears. Uh, let's go over my predictions from last week real quick. After last week, I am 7-9. and nine. That's correct. We don't have a week one to count because I didn't get predictions in my week one show, but I got nine games wrong last week. Um, and that's, I think, shows you just how unpredictable the NFL can be. It's crazy. In one of them, I said I don't want to, I didn't want to take the Colts losing as my give me because Andrew Luck's playing. What Andrew Luck ended up winning that game last week when the Colts, as a team, should have lost it, but they won. Just one example of how unpredictable our NFL can be. Coming off the Andrew Luck topic, let's talk about some of your league leaders. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Say league leaders three times fast, somebody. Wow. Okay, my producer did it. Apparently, I'm just uh, inept at speaking well. Anyways, let's go. We'll start with passing yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after two weeks, 819 yards, followed by Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins coming in at number five. I'm actually a little surprised, but not surprised, that Patrick Mahomes is not on the list. I don't know where he comes in at the list. Don't really care to open the entire list. I do know he has 10 touchdown passes through the first two weeks, which is an NFL record, first off, for first two-week touchdown passes, uh, past Peyton Manning's nine, I believe. Second, that currently leads the league, and it also goes back to a point I made in episode two, where if the Steelers could have prevented big plays, if you prevent big plays against that offense right now, you shut down that offense. I think Sunday's game was a perfect example of that. Let's move on to rushing yards. Matt Breida, San Francisco 49ers, 184 yards. Joe Mixon, Cincinnati Bengals, 179 yards. Phillip Lindsay, Denver, had a great game last week, by the way. 178 yards. Lamar Miller, Houston, 166 yards. And kind of a surprise, but a cherry on top of the whole situation. James Conner, Pittsburgh Steelers, 152 yards in two games. Doesn't look like we're really missing Le'Veon Bell, does it now? 150, he's number five in the league in rushing right now. They were really, really, really worried about a passing impact on that. And maybe we'll throw some numbers around by that, but I haven't noticed a decrease in passing yard production from the uh, Steelers running back area. On to receiving yards. Deshaun Jackson, obviously, going to be number one on that. He's had four giant plays uh, with 275 yards through two games. Michael Thomas, number two. Tyreek Hill, number three. I thought he was actually going to be number two, but he gets number three as he's behind 10 yards. 10 yards, one catch, basically. Brandon Cooks, number four. And Juju Smith-Schuster coming in at number five with 240 yards ahead of Antonio Brown, which is the... You know, you would consider the number one receiver for the Steelers. Um, I think he's coming in at number five because of how much attention Antonio Brown is drawing from the defense. You're talking double, triple coverage at times. Defensively, I just want to talk about sacks because that's kind of the most important thing. Von Miller with four sacks. DeForest Buckner 
San Francisco 49ers, three and a half sacks. And then kind of your three through five through actually, I think three through 10 is kind of tied at three sacks. Surprise, Miles Garrett isn't on there. They must be counting a lot of his sack fumbles as fumbles only and not in the sack column as well, which I'm not going to say is understandable, but whatever. Uh, let's go ahead. We will segue into Eminem's kill shot. I'm looking, my, my producer, Jose, he doesn't know what's going on with that. I just wanted to touch on it real quick, just kind of a little pop culture, if you will. Is it off topic? 100%. But, you know, if you follow, and I listen to a wide variety of music, but I thought Eminem's Kill Shot, his MGK diss, back to MGK's Rap Devil, was pretty good. I thought MGK had the catchier song, but I thought that Kill Shot was more rap battle orientated, if that makes any sense. I thought it was a good rap, and I've listened to it 100 times over the past week. Let's go ahead and dive into the games for this weekend and actually so for Thursday night I'll talk about that last let's go ahead and start with Drew Brees versus Matt Ryan or New Orleans at Atlanta uh, that's going to be a great game good NFC South tilt I want to talk about their games last year real quick their division so they play twice but they also played in the playoffs look at how even this what this is excuse me last year in all three games the Falcons scored a combined 71 points last year in all three games combined the Saints scored a combined 72 points Folks, that's a one-point difference. That's that's good football. Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer. Matt Ryan, potentially a future Hall of Famer. I guess if he can get a Super Bowl under his belt, or at least a couple uh, leading in certain statistics, you know, he can get that future Hall of Famer uh, on his resume. I guess what it kind of comes down to is both defenses, I think, are playing well after a little week two rebound. Saints should be 0-2. Should have lost that game to... The Browns last week, which was my upset prediction. Thank you, Browns kicker um, something Gonzalez. I, I don't even know his full name. There's a meme on it on our Facebook page. Go look at it. It's funny. But, you know, when you miss two field goals and miss two extra points and you lose the game and you were picked as the upset, it's, it's, it's your fault. That was not a team loss. That was a kicker lost the game right there. On to my point, um, I think New Orleans is going to have, they have to bounce back. I would say they've had two subpar bad weeks. I pick, I do not pick the Saints to beat the Falcons. I pick Drew Brees to beat Matt Ryan, if that makes sense. I'm going to go New Orleans 24, Atlanta 17. Let's move into our next game. Broncos, Ravens. Fun fact, Case Keenum has won five straight regular season games. Will this be their sixth? The Broncos have the fourth ranked offense versus a Ravens second ranked defense. It's really good offense versus really good defense. You do kind of have to look at who the Ravens have played the past two weeks and say, well, this is why their defense is ranked number two. Well, we'll, we'll this is going to be a real test. The Broncos' offense is a lot better than we anticipated. I also really want to see, so the Ravens have a 23rd, or excuse me, are 23rd in the league in rushing. All of their offense has been passing, has been Joe Flacco dropping back. Does Le Von Miller, excuse me, I almost said Lamar Miller, Wrong team. Does Vaughn Miller and that Broncos defense shut down Joe Flacco in the passing game? I think so. I think they slow him down enough. I think we'll see some of the uh, statistics shift a little bit. Denver wins this ball game 20 to 17. Bengals and Panthers. Uh, this is not a particularly fun game to talk about because I I don't think it's going to be close. And I mean, the, the score I have is close, but I, I think it'll be clear who's the better team out there. It's obvious the Bengals have a better offense. It's obvious the Bengals have a better defense. Uh, the, the Panthers, I think, right now are your definition of mediocre. I think the Panthers probably finish this season 8-8. Eight and eight. I think the Bengals win this game 28-21, and there's not a whole lot more to talk about with that game. Giants and Texans. Real quick, before I actually talk about the game, um, for anyone who's not aware, there was, uh, I'm, actually, I'm just going to call him out by name, uh, Lynn Redden, superintendent of the Onalaska Independent School District in Texas, which I'm sad to say because I'm, I'm from Texas. 
and I, I, I hate to bring up negative news, but wildly racist comment about Deshaun Watson. Wildly racist. Here it is. He said, when you need precision, decision-making, you can't, can't, as in cannot count on a black quarterback. Wow. First of all, you are the superintendent of a public school. Excuse me, public school district. Not even just one school, but the whole district. And you are going to say some wildly racist comments like that on social media. He actually posted that. Or excuse me, not on social media, but through your local news source. Yes, that was a, that was a public statement, though. That was not something he said. He didn't do a Papa it John's. Tweet. Right, it wasn't even a tweet. It was actually to a news source. It's not, and it's not like he was on a conference call talking to Papa John about where all their KFC business has gone and blah, blah, blah. You know, no, that's not what it was. It was 100% I'm just blatantly racist. And it's, there, there has always been that narrative for whatever reason that black quarterbacks are just athletes and they're not, they're, they don't mentally play the quarterback position. Uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time is Warren Moon, black guy. That's not why he's my favorite quarterback. He's not my favorite quarterback because he's black. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's not my favorite quarterback because they're white. They're my favorites up there. They're, they're up in my top 10 because I enjoy watching them. They're fun. They're great athletes. They're great people. Don't come at me with fake statistics about black quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl the past 10 years. Let's talk about white quarterbacks who haven't made the playoffs the past 10 years. I'll give you a hint. Last year was like 25 or 26. That's most of them. It, it's a disgusting narrative. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I wish people could just drop race out of sports. These are, these are people. These are individuals. These are families, fathers, brothers. You know, it's, that comment has no place in our sports world. And I hope, I hope Lynn Redden learned his lesson because he's going to live with that for the rest of his life. That was a disgusting comment. On to the game. Giants at Texans. The Giants' defense is ranked sixth. I, I had a list when I said sixth just now. It's, it's fine, though. We're going to keep that. But they're ranked sixth. Cowboys have a number one ranked rushing offense. Or I said Cowboys. Excuse me. Houston Texans. Sorry, I was stuck in, stuck in Texas, so I went with Cowboys naturally. The Houston Texans have a number one ranked rushing offense. That's a good matchup. Are we going to see a low-scoring ground-and-pound attack from the Houston Texans while they're hoping their defense can shut down the sleeping Eli and the Giants. E- Eli Manning, uh, in, in a conference press conference, he straight up said, we need to wake up on offense. Yeah, you, you guys do. The Giants have been lethargic. They're, anyone know that night when you drank too much and you try to get up for work the next morning and the first six hours of your day is just you drinking as much water as you can, not really accomplishing anything? That's the Giants' offense. It's 32-year-old hungover men not doing anything. It's bad. It's not fun to watch. I don't know how the Giants have so many prime time slots this year, but they do. They shouldn't. Their offense isn't good. Actually, I want to talk about real quick Odell Beckham Jr. There was a there was a comment. Uh, so with the Antonio Brown drama and oh trade me trade this and somebody commented. You know they they said where would you be without Ben Roethlisberger? That is such a true statement. Look at Odell Beckham Jr. without a good Eli Manning. Just let that resonate, folks. That's that's a fact in itself right there. Now, I think Houston wins this game. They they lost last week. They had a they had a terrible game against the Titans. I picked the Texans to beat the Titans 40 something to 12 or whatever my score was. But I thought that they were going to wipe them out. This week, uh, New York Giants 17, Houston Texans 28. 
I think Deshaun Watson has a great bounce back week. I think he plays great. He, I thought he was going to play great last week. And, you know, he just had an off week, and that's fine. That happens. They're, they're people. People forget that football players are people, too. Let's move on. Titans at Jaguars. Uh, this is my upset pick for the week. Everything says the Jaguars are going to win this game. This is the Jaguars' first 2-0 start since 2006. The Titans are in the bottom half in all league statistics. The Jaguars are in the top half of all league statistics. Almost top 10 of all league statistics, but they are ranked 15th in passing, I believe. Here's the crazy thing, too. Episode 2, I trashed Blake Bortles. I said mean, nasty things about him. Nothing to do with his race, but just him as a player and a person. He must have listened to my podcast because he played lights out last Sunday. It was great. I have never seen that Blake Bortles before. And you know what I think it is? Leonard Fournette did not play last Sunday. I think it forced the Jaguars to run an actual offense because they couldn't just hand the ball off every other play. Blake Bortles looked really comfortable against the Patriots. He looked good. He looked like an NFL quarterback. He looked like a playoff quarterback. <gasps> oh my God, did Carl just say that? I know, right? I uh, trashing him last week, praising him this week. It, it's great. I, I swear to God, Blake, I had eight listens to my podcast last week. Blake Bortles was one of them. Because he, he played a great game. But, but, my upset pick this week is Titans over the Jaguars. And I'm going to take the same score as last year when the Titans beat the Jaguars, 15-10. to 10. I think the, the Titans have a great special teams and a, and a good enough defense to, to do well enough and shut down the Jags. Blake Bortles, if you're listening again, which I know you are because I know you listened last week, Prove me wrong again. That was great. I love watching a good Blake Bortles. Next game, 49ers at Chiefs. If you remember from my show last week, um, I I said one thing really about that Chiefs offense. Big play capability. Big play. Especially in that passing game. I'm going to give you some numbers real quick. Two numbers, specifically. Both numbers are average yards per pass attempt. The Kansas City Chiefs get 10.6 yards per pass attempt. The average for the rest of the NFL is 7.3 yards per pass attempt. That's 3.3 yard difference every pass attempt. That's big play capability. I know three yards doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're talking over the course of, I don't know, 50 plays, that's 150 yard different, guys. 150 yards. Now, Kansas City's defense has been the problem. Steelers put up a lot of points last week. Chargers put up quite a bit of points the week before. The Chiefs are 2-0 solely on their offensive capabilities. They have the um, 49ers, excuse me, they have the 49ers this week. If the 49ers can stop that big play capability I talked about last week, obviously Mike Tomlin didn't listen to my podcast, stop the big plays. They're not going to grind it down the field on three, four-yard plays. They need big plays. Get a little pressure on Mahomes before he gets the ball out, you, you got him. Anyways, as I said, stop the big plays. 49ers can win this, no problem. If the 49ers can stop big plays... I still think it's a high-scoring game. You're not going to stop all the big plays. 49ers offense, I think, will do very well against this Chiefs defense. 49ers win, 42, Chiefs 38. Chiefs get their first loss of the season. I think the 49ers are going to be the team to do it. The only thing I'm concerned about is their defense. Let's move on to Raiders at Dolphins. Now, statistically, this is an oddly even game in a, in a really weird way. Let's go, we'll go offense. The Raiders are ranked 10th in offense. The Dolphins are ranked 26th in offense. Defense, the Raiders are ranked 22nd in defense. Dolphins ranked 17th in defense. Down to passing, Raiders are ranked 8th in passing. Derek Carr, 
Dolphins are ranked 28th. But then here's here's where it kicks back to the Dolphins. I know what you're thinking. Oh, these haven't really been that even. Rushing offense, 21st for the Raiders, 6th in the league for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have had a great ground attack versus a 22nd ranked Raiders defense. I will mention again. I You got the 0-2 Oakland Raiders versus the 2-0 Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins lose their first game. I think the Raiders win their first game. I don't think it's an upset because of statistically how even we're talking. Uh, Raiders win. John Gruden gets his first win as a head coach since 2008. Raiders 24, Dolphins 13. All right, moving on. Bills at Vikings. First, I want to talk about Josh Allen and the Bills' 31st ranked offense. Is that atrocious? Most definitely. Can you blame Josh Allen? No, he played one game, and actually, I thought he played a good game. He looked like a 16-year-old kid driving a Mercedes-Benz. It's going to come back with some dings, but, you know, he made it there and back. Vikings have the fifth-ranked offense. Vikings are going to put up some points. That Buffalo Bills defense is not very good. It's not bad, but it's not good. This is going to be a rough game for a rookie, I think, mainly because Josh Allen is going to have to keep up with that Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been playing great this year. Lights out. Kirk Cousins has been playing phenomenal. I I don't know why the Redskins didn't keep him. Oh, people are going to say, well, he wasn't winning the playoff game. He wasn't. The Redskins didn't have weapons around him. The Redskins did not have a top 10 defense behind him. Look at, I, it, it's tough to say, but my NFC championship game, we all know I think Rams are going to the Super Bowl. I think they barely beat out the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC championship game. So last week, back, back to Josh Allen on that. Last week, the Bills put up 20 points. That's, that's mediocre. That's good. That's good. Rookie quarterback, I'm not upset with 20 points. 14 of those came in the second half. If he can stay hot off that, we, we may get a better scoring game. But in, until then, you have to go with the statistics. You have to go with rookie quarterback versus Kirk Cousins, who's lightened up and playing with a great defense behind him. Vikings win 24-20. to 20. I think those 24 points for the Vikings come in the first half, and they just kind of coast the second half. Don't show up. Let's move on. Colts-Eagles. You remember last week what I said, Joe? I said... I didn't want to take the Colts losing as my gimme because I didn't think they were going to win last week. Why could I not take them to lose 100%? Andrew Luck. That was my, my if factor. You know what I mean? My X factor, if you will. Was Andrew Luck. He's good. Peyton Manning good. He's good, guys. He elevates the play of those around him. The Colts won a game last week that they should have lost. On top of that, surprisingly, the Colts defense is 10th in the league. Who, who have they played this season? The Bengals, week one, gave up 34 points. A lot of those were defensive points and stuff, good field position, but still. Then you look at the Redskins, held them to nine points, won 21-9. I really thought the Redskins were going to win that game last week, but Andrew Luck proved me wrong. Like I, like I said, he would. That's why I said I could not bet against him 100% because he is that good. I think the Eagles are kind of on a downward spiral, but they do have Carson Wentz coming back, making his first start since his injury. It's going to be a rusty game for him. Got to get back up to game speed. There's no reason the Colts don't win this game. 28, Eagles 14. Let's move on. Packers, Redskins. If you told me the Redskins have the number one ranked defense in the NFL, I would say no way, Jose. And that's funny because my producer's name's Jose. But they do. They have the number one ranked defense after two weeks right now. Alex Smith needs to be more aggressive. I think that's their issue. Alex Smith is playing Alex Smith football, which is conservative. You're not taking risk. Granted, the upside to that is Alex Smith has the fewest turnovers of any quarterback in his era for starting quarterbacks, if you look at it. Him and Tyrod Taylor are up there, number one and two. That's why they've been perennial starters. But why are they not perennial playoff winners? Because they don't take those risks. They don't throw that 15% touchdown ball that wins you a playoff game. They just don't take the risk. 
if Alex Smith can go out there, sling the rock around, take some risk against a bad, I, I did say bad, Packers defense, Packers lose 28, Redskins 31. Packers 28, Redskins 31. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair because neither defense is that great. I, the Redskins are the number one ranked defense, but that's because the Colts kind of sat on a 21-9 lead last week. And they played the Arizona Cardinals week one, held them to six points, which the Arizona Cardinals, fun fact, I think their offense is like 31st or 32nd in the league. They're in the bottom 30 of every category, but not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the Redskins. So that's why the Redskins have a number one ranked defense. They had the Cardinals week one. High scoring game, Packers 28, Redskins 31. I know I said it again. That's fine. Real quick, before I transition to the evening games, I want to talk about True Dark, performance and sleep technology. Every day, we are surrounded by performance and sleep inhibiting blue light. Blue light is junk light. It's no good for you. That's why I wear my True Dark Daywalkers during the day, even right now as I do this show. And when I'm getting ready for bed, I throw on my True Dark Twilights, which help prep my mind for a good night's sleep. Get your pair today at TrueDark.com. Use promo code UNDRAFTED to get your 10% off today. That's TrueDark.com. Use promo code UNDRAFTED to get 10% off your order today. Moving on to Chargers and Rams. And that is Los Angeles Chargers at the LA Rams. Fun fact. This is the first matchup between two LA teams since 1994. But moving on to the game, Chargers, third-ranked offense versus the Rams, third-ranked defense. Also, the Rams do have the 10th-ranked offense, I believe. Good, powerful offense under Sean McVay. I really think this is a, a coin toss of a game here. Powerful offenses, great offenses. I think the Chargers defense is actually going to be what gives the Rams the edge, and I'm going to take the Rams 24-30, Rams winning. Let's move to Bears and Cardinals. Bears at Cardinals playing in Arizona. Here are some mind-boggling statistics on why the Cardinals are going to lose. The Cardinals have the 32nd ranked offense. That's last. For those who don't know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. The 30th ranked defense, the 32nd ranked passing offense, and the 31st ranked rushing offense. That means they're bad, folks. They're not a good football team. On top of that, the Bears are boasting one of their better defenses since their Super Bowl run back in, I don't know, what was that, 2008, 2007, where they lost to the Colts. Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is kind of your X factor for the game. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky this season is reminding me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger in his first two seasons with the Steelers, actually. Mitchell Trubisky will not be the reason the Bears win games. Just like Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the reason the Steelers went 15-1 and his rookie season. They can only be the reason they lose a game. They have been given the keys to a really nice Cadillac. And all you gotta do is just drive it down the road. Don't wreck it. That's it. Manage the game. Manage the game. You have a great defense. You have a running game. You have an amazing offensive-minded coach. Mitchell Trubisky just has to execute. Doesn't have to put up mind-boggling numbers. I take the Bears 24, Cardinals 10. Next game, we're going to talk about Cowboys at Seahawks. They're playing in Seattle. Cowboys coming in with the fourth-ranked defense, but it's a little bit of an inflated statistic because they played the Giants, and week one they played the Panthers. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, Seattle coming in, though, in the bottom 20 of all their stats, 27th offense, 20th defense, 22nd passing, 29th rushing. Arguably, this might be the best defense the Cowboys have played against this season. Though I, I do think Carolina's better defense than Seattle. But if Dallas can have play calling the way that they did against the Giants, we're looking at a, at a Dallas victory, no problem. I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys in, in a low-scoring affair, 17-14. to 14. Close game. Which brings us to our Sunday night matchup, Patriots at the Lions. 
if you pull up the numbers and you pull up the statistics, the Lions are supposed to, the Lions are 0 2. But if you look at everything else, the Lions should win this game. The 11th ranked offense versus the 20th ranked offense for the Patriots. 16th ranked defense versus 27th ranked defense in, with the Patriots. 6th ranked passing attack and 30th ranked rushing. But the Patriots are 18 and 18 even. But the overall offensive rank is kind of what we're looking at. I think we're looking at a shootout, high scoring game. I think New England has lost their edge. Detroit at home, 0-2, going to get their first win of the season. Like I said, high-scoring affair, I'm going to go New England 28, Detroit 35. Which brings us to our last game. Oh, well, actually, I do have one more game, but we have the Monday night game, and then we'll talk about tonight's Thursday night game, just because so it's fresh before we talk about it. Steelers 0-1-1 at the 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' first 2-0 start since 2010. Why why is Tampa Bay lighting it up all of a sudden? I mean the answer is Ryan Fitzpatrick, aka Fitzmagic. He's he's playing the same way he's always played, which is lights out. He every pass he throws, if you've ever watched his career, he's trying to score on every play. Is that why he most of the time has more interceptions than touchdowns? Absolutely. But you know, it's high risk, high reward style offense. Fun facts. Here we go. The Buccaneers have the number one ranked offense in the league. Who has the number two? The Steelers. Buccaneers, number one ranked passing attack. Guess who's number two? The Steelers. The big questions in these games, I think it's it's going to come down to defense. Steelers have the 25th ranked defense, which was almost non-existent last week against Kansas City. I said one thing, stop the big plays. Stop the chunk plays. And then the Buccaneers have the 31st ranked defense. This, is, this has a potential to be a high-scoring out-of-hand affair, or... This has the potential to be a blowout one way or the other. This game is so unpredictable right now, I think, just with how the Steelers have been playing the past two weeks and how well the Buccaneers have played the past two weeks. Uh, Jameis Winston, you have lost your starting job. Way to get suspended and give Fitzmagic some time to shine, you know? Uh, I'm going to be a homer on this one. I think the Steelers go into Tampa Bay and win 48-42. to Like I said, high-scoring game. you got two of the worst statistical defenses in the league and two of the best statistical offenses in the league. So, you know, high-scoring arena football. It's going to look like arena football. Brings me to the last game I wanted to talk about tonight. That is tonight's game, the New York Jets visiting the Cleveland Browns. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think you have Sam Darnold coming. I'm so glad. I'm going to, sorry, I'm just going to totally curveball real quick off topic. I am so glad the Cleveland Browns are not playing Baker Mayfield tonight. Tyrod Taylor's not the reason you're losing. Your kicker and mediocre defense, which actually did really good against the Steelers week one, in a sense, statistically, no, but if you watch it scheme-wise, matchup, Miles Garrett's an animal. Yes, they did great. Miles Garrett, if he can get after Sam Darnold tonight, make him make some rookie mistakes, if the Cleveland Browns can get that running game going, Cleveland Browns have a chance to win at home, get their first win in, what, 18 regular season games now? I'm not even including two seasons ago but you know last season 0 and 16 all right guys thank you for tuning in uh next week we'll go over my picks see how i fared also have a guest call with our browns resident in-house here mark goodman and then also maybe we'll get one of our patriots fans on the line we'll see what we have in store until then this has been undrafted